All right, let us pray. Father, we... We love your presence. We thank you that you are here. It is so evident among us. The way we are able to love one another, pray for one another, and seek you on behalf of one another. It is all thanks to you dwelling in and among your people here. Father, we just uh, are amazed with uh, all the things that you do. The peace that passes understanding that you give us in times where uh, it may be difficult to experience peace. And Father, we want to grow in our relationship with you. We want to grow in our walk with you. We want to commune with you, be united with you. Would you show us more and more as the days go by, as the weeks and months and years go by, that you would continue to show us, guide us, draw us closer to you. And so Father, we just, I just want to say, through this sermon and the sermon series that are coming up, Lord, that you would have your way, that you would speak to us, that we would be able to listen and hear from you. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, As I was going through my sermon this week, um, I was going to add, you know, what these are all about in the sermon, but then things changed and I'm not now. Okay, so I'm just going to say this. Um, Right there, what you see there, these are uh, our prayer cards that Uh, talk about our 40 days of prayer and fasting that we are going to launch starting this Wednesday, actually. Now, we're not calling on the church to fast for the entire 40 days, um, but um, maybe, you know, maybe something like um, Facebook, I don't know, something like that for 40 40 days, no Facebook, could you imagine? Uh, Something like that. Anyway, you know, take it to the Lord, whatever uh, he might lay on your heart. Um, for 40 days, just, just so we could focus on God and, and His goodness and greatness in our lives. Um, and uh, we are actually, if you take a look at the uh, back of the, the cards, uh, we are going to do a church-wide food fast, uh, a 48-hour food fast from March 4th to March 6th. So uh, consider joining us. Um, and if you are, you know, not able to, whatever reason, no problem. Um, don't want to heap any condemnation on anybody, but I uh, just want to encourage you to try that uh, church-wide. And, and, and also, if you look on the back of the prayer cards, uh, there's a list where you can put down your personal prayer goals for Lent, things that we can pray into every day for 40 days. Um, some, a situation in your life, perhaps someone that you know that you want you know, God to uh, just work in their lives that they may come to know Him. You know, write those down and pray and uh, I'm sure that we'll see uh, and hear f- some amazing prayer testimonies as we pray. Uh, and so that's what those are all about. Uh, this thing here, it's uh, just a journal for, for everyone. Um, as we go through this series on conversations with God, uh, we're, we're going to use these 
Um, and I'll talk more about that actually uh, next week. But uh, hang on to those if you can bring them. Um, and also, you know, while the sermon is going on, perhaps the Lord will uh, highlight something. Um, it may not be something I say, but something I say may trigger something in your mind or remind you of something that God did, remind you of something that God spoke to you about a long time ago or something like that. Um, these are to, you know, write those things down uh, just so you can have a record of, of uh, um, communing with God. Okay, so that's what these are about. And uh, yeah, I will get to that uh, next week. So I want to tell you a story this morning about a preacher. Um, I was reading a book about uh, uh, hearing God's voice, and in it, the, the author shared this story of, of a preacher, and he said it in a way that sounded like it was a true story. So uh, here it is. Now, pastors, uh, from week to week, it, it's never predictable what's going to happen. Sometimes uh, weeks can get really filled up with meetings, board meetings, and so on, uh, committee meetings. Um, there might be a tragedy that happens, and so there's visitations or even funerals. Um, and weeks could get just packed um, from week to week. And so there's a story of a preacher. He had one of those weeks, you know. It just was a full week. Lots of stuff, heavy meetings. And uh, he wasn't able to focus on what he was going to preach on Sunday. He was just unable to do that. And so Friday comes and he's like, oh man. I have no idea what to say. And so he's in his office and he's like, Lord, would you give me something to say to the people this Sunday? And he was waiting. And then a thought came to him. He thought, well, I was born in the year 1935. Maybe the Lord will speak to me out of a, you know, chapter and verse 1935 in the Bible. And so he, he looks at the Bible. And, and here's the thing. In the Bible, there's not too many chapters with more than 30 verses in them. Um, so he's like, okay, let me think here. So he starts at the beginning in Genesis. And sure enough, Genesis has chapter 19, verse 35. And so he opens it to Genesis 19:35, hoping that God would speak to him and say, this is what you're going to preach from. And this is what Genesis 19:35 says. So they made their father drink wine that night also. And the younger arose and lay with him, and he did not know when she lay down or when she arose. And everyone said, what? <laughs> That's probably not what God would have you preach on on a Sunday, you think? I don't know. Uh, so we're, we're starting a new series this, this week. Um, it's called Conversations with God. Now, this, the topic of uh, conversing or hearing God or having a conversational relationship with God, it's not a new topic. We've talked about this before, um, but it's something that we'll re revisit from time to time. And, and the reason for that is because this topic of hearing God's voice or communing with God, it, it's not a step-by-step -step thing, like a step-by-step -step program, okay? Now, there are ways in which we can posture ourselves and posture our lives in a way that we can... We'd be able to hear God speak to us, um, but there's no, it's not a, about a formula or following these things and you will hear God. You know, hearing God is a growing discovery. It's like a relationship with any person. The more time we spend with that person, the more we learn about them. And that discovery process continues to grow. And so we're going to continue on this uh, journey of uh, communion with God, communing with God. And... Uh, uh,
But today we're going to start off this series by looking at a few misconceptions that we have of hearing God's voice. Um, there are many, of course, but I'm going to zero in on three misconceptions that we have uh, this morning. Number one, uh, the misconception that the only way God speaks to us is when we read his word. Okay, so that's misconception number one. The only way God speaks to us is through his word, only when we read his word. Number two, God speaks to us all the time and for every single decision we need to make. Okay, that's also a misconception. And misconception number three, God's voice can be discerned outside of community. In other words, you know, I've got the Holy Spirit in me, I can hear from God, and I don't need anybody else. Okay, so that is a misconception. Okay, so... We're going to talk about those three things this morning. Misconception number one, the only way that God speaks to us is through his word. Now, I want to make two disclaimers here before I go any further, because right when I say that, I'm sure, you know, some goosebumps come up. And we're like, oh, what's he going to say? What is he talking about? And I just want to make two disclaimers. The first one is this, that God absolutely speaks to us through his word. Absolutely. I'm sure many of us, have at some point in our lives read the scriptures and just one verse or perhaps a section or a chapter, it just highlighted out to you. And it's like, wow, I needed this right now. I needed to, I needed to read this. And, and, and something just wells up in your spirit, right? I'm sure many of us have had uh, experiences like that. It may bring you uh, some level of conviction when you read a certain passage. It may bring you the hope that you need. It may be that fresh spring of living water that our thirsty souls needed for that moment. I had one of those moments recently. I was reading Psalm 34 verse 4 and I was just reading through. I don't know about you. Sometimes I'm like, I think that the more I read, the better. You know, that's, I don't know why I think that. I think if I read 10 Psalms, then I, I, yes, I've read 10 Psalms. You know, sometimes I, I think like that for some reason. But I was on Psalm 34 and I got to verse 4 and I stopped. I couldn't go for, move forward because of what verse 4 said. And it just hit me right in my spirit. And this is what it says. I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Wow. It was exactly what I needed to hear. This was just over a week ago. There's some stuff, you know, a, a, a close uh, friend of mine going through a really tough struggle. And I mean confusion, all sorts of things. And uh, I felt like I was just doing spinnies around and I'm just confused and all sorts of mess in my mind. And all of a sudden I get to Psalm 34.4 and it's like, bam, God hits me with this one. He delivers me from all my fears, every fear. Okay. God delivers us. He's with us. And so absolutely God speaks to us through his word. Absolutely. Now, the second disclaimer I want to make is this, that when God speaks to us or guides us, it's in line with his word. It, it does not contradict his word. This is an extremely important disclaimer we need to make because there have been movements in the past where people claim to receive divine inspiration from God, but it had nothing to do with what was in the word of God. Many, in fact, this, this type of revelation, people said, oh, I heard from God, you know, and what happened, people started following these people and, and all of a sudden, cults are formed. That's what happens. Right? I'm sure we can think of quite a few. Just from the top of my head, I'm thinking of David Koresh. How many of you have heard of David Koresh? 
from the Branch Davidians from the Seventh-day Adventist Church. He was at a place where he's like, you know, I, I need to receive some divine revelation from God. He felt that he received something and uh, basically went off and it just went way off the beam um, and just formed a cult. And I mean, tragedy struck, right? In Waco, Texas, their compound was burned down. A lot of people died. And even to the point of burning, uh, those people were, were deceived and just stayed with their leader. Uh, it's very tragic. And so I just want to make that very, very, very clear is that when God speaks to us, it is always in line with his word. And so when I make this uh, misconception, I am not lowering the value of God's word. It is absolutely essential for our lives. But we must be careful not to go in the other extreme by saying that the Bible is the only way that God communicates to us. Now there's a view in Christian circles that God perfectly revealed everything in the Bible and everything we need to know is there. He no longer needs to reveal anything to us outside his word. So rather than seeking personal communication with God, we just need to read the scriptures and do what it says. Okay? Now I have no problem with saying that the Bible has exactly what God intends for us to know. Absolutely, it does. 2 Timothy verse 3, 16 to 17 says, All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. The Bible has principles that we need to live by in order to draw closer to God. And so I agree with what they're saying. My problem is, however, is in the interpretation and application part of what we read in the Bible. Nearly all denominations and factions in the Christian world claim that the Bible is the infallible and um, inspired word of God. I mean, whether you're EMCC, Alliance, Pentecostal, uh, Baptist, Associated Gospel, whatever. There, there's so many denominations. We all say, and there's a line in our faith statement that says, we believe that the word of God is, uh, you'll, you'll, in some you'll see, infallible or uh, inspired word of God. We all say that, we believe that, we all disagree with what it says. I mean, some of us will come to one verse and, and, and say it means this, and other denominations will say it means this, and then it's like, it, it's totally lived out differently based on what we look at this one verse. Totally lived out differently. Many issues. Women in leadership. Gifts of the Spirit. We come to two totally different conclusions. So, so my question is, how, who's hearing God then? Who's hearing God? Clearly, God wouldn't say both. Right? So I'll let you think about that for a moment. Furthermore, there are circumstances that we face in life where the Bible isn't very clear or it, it actually may not say anything about it. Perhaps you're facing a circumstance like that right now. And I won't be able to point out a chapter or verse to show you what to do step by step. You know, certain things when we can question God, God, why are you allowing this to happen in my life right now? You know, it's in situations like that where having a personal relationship with God, receiving divine inspiration from God is not only needed, but it's the only thing that can satisfy the deep longings and questions of our heart. That one word spoken into our spirits can bring transformation to the mind and the heart. Now, I'm not saying that God will answer right when we ask. Sometimes it takes years 
Sometimes it just seems like he's not answering at all. But I know one thing that the scripture tells us that, the, that God desires to be in our lives. It's not only as just a part of our lives, God wants to be directly involved in our lives. He says, I will be their God. They will be my people. God longs to have an intimate relationship with us. A relationship that involves communication. And so again, I just want to make sure that I make it clear that God communicates to us absolutely through his word. And when he does, it will not contradict what he says in his word. But in addition, God will communicate to us in a personal way as well. But this leads us into misconception number two. Misconception number two is that God speaks to us all the time for every single decision we need to make. Dallas Willard um, wrote a book called Hearing God, Having a Conversational Relationship with God. This amazing book. If you ever get a chance to read it, it's, it's, it's amazing. Uh, it's richly blessing me. I've got to like chapter two and I, I'm going to read one and two again because it's, it's one of those things. And I'm not really a reader, um, but this, it's just really speaking to my, my spirit. And he calls the uh, the idea that God speaks to us all the time, he calls it the message a minute. And uh, God doesn't speak to us that way, right? There are those who look to hear from God for nearly every decision that they make. You know, should I this? Should I that? You know, that God is there for every turn in our lives. You know, you know there to say, you must go here. or You must eat that. You must marry that person. Now, here's the thing when I say that one. Sometimes, there are some, I've actually heard of some couples where they say, you know, God told me to marry this person. Um, okay, um, but I, I think that's more rare than, than you know, because let me just tell you, with Allie and I, this is how it happened. When Allie and I were dating, she was not 100% sure that she was to marry me. Now, you know, granted, that she had every, you know, reason to, do, to think that way. I had quite the past, Right? I, have, I was caught up in, you know, a lifestyle of drugs and violence and hung around some pretty scary-looking dudes, okay? And uh, she was a jolt to her system, like, who, who is this guy? Um, and so she had every reason to doubt. Um, and, and, and when we were dating, it's not like God ever, ever said, Ali, this is the way. Walk ye in it. You know, never. He's never, he never said that. But as time went on, her uncertainty became a little more certain because she saw the change that happened in my life. She saw that I gave up my, my old lifestyle of drugs and violence. You know, it was gone. And so it came to a time where she was able to make a decision. And she said yes. And I'm so glad she said yes. You know, we're celebrating our 10 years this year. Isn't that crazy? That's amazing. 10 years this year. I'm so excited. Right? Yeah. But it wasn't like God said, marry this person. Now, although God speaks to us, he doesn't necessarily give us minute by minute, circumstance by circumstance instructions. Sometimes we wish we did, he, that he did. But then we'd be robots. Right? God created us with a mind, an intellect. Reasoning capabilities to make decisions. He created us with that. And the more we know him, the more we will understand the decisions he would want us to make. And we will freely make those decisions. It's like a hired worker in a factory. I worked in a factory. I kind of know what it's like when you first start in, a, in this 
big environment and there's just so much going on. And so this new employee gets hired and he looks to his foreman and is like, foreman, what do I need to do? So the foreman tells him what to do. Okay, you're set up here. Here are your tools. Here's the machine. And so the new employee starts, to, uh, starts on his job and he realizes, oh, he doesn't know how to use certain tools. So he goes back to the foreman and asks him, how do I do this? And the foreman will tell him. And then he'll, he'll be able to do his work a little more. And then he's like, oh, I don't know how to use this machine here. So then he goes back to the foreman and then the foreman tells him. And then eventually he, he's able to know like, what his job's all about. He eventually knows what he's got to do. And he's able to make decisions to make that happen. And the foreman doesn't necessarily have to tell him, okay, you got to do this now, because he knows now. He knows what needs to get done. And so he makes decisions to get that done. He becomes a mature employee. Hearing God, in many ways, is like that. Now, God will speak to us and direct us at times. God will reveal certain truths to us through his word at times. But there are times, many times in fact, when he doesn't. And it's up to us to make sound decisions. Proverbs 3 verse 21 to 23 says this, My son, my daughter, do not let wisdom and understanding out of your sight. Preserve sound judgment and discretion. They will be life for you. Wow, isn't that amazing? God's saying, listen, preserve sound judgment and discretion. Make sound choices and decisions in your life. Why? Because they will be life for you, an ornament to grace your neck. Then you will go on your way in safety and your foot will not stumble. Make sound decisions. I believe that God enables us to grow into healthy people by enabling us to make the choices we make, to be able to make those sound decisions in our lives. Now, sometimes those choices we make, they put us on a cycle of circling around a mountain, right? We make a choice that maybe we shouldn't have, and we start doing this in life. And we face the same problem again and again and again and again. But then once we come out of that season, we realize, okay, I can't make a decision like that again. Now I know uh, not to do that, right? And so um, God has given us the ability to choose wisely. And uh, God doesn't always uh, tell us, go here, go there. It doesn't always work like that. And so that's misconception number two. Number three, God's voice can be discerned outside of community. Now last week, Tim preached a sermon on community. I love the line that he used. If you have a pulse, you have a purpose. Isn't that good? I like that. Did you you come up with that, Tim? That was pretty good. If you have a pulse, you have a purpose. Every single one of us here, okay, has a purpose. God created you for a purpose. And when we come together as a community, we begin to discover what that purpose is, right? And, And there's one thing that he said that resonated with me. He said that, you know, we are the temple of God. We no longer have to go to the temple to to meet with God. We are the temple of God. The Holy Spirit dwells within us. Isn't that amazing? God is with us. He lives inside us. For those of us who are followers of Jesus Christ, filled with the Holy Spirit, He's with us all the time. We are the temple of God. 
And so we can have a personal relationship with God, every single one of us. But he said this, but it is not to remain private. That although we can have a personal relationship with God, it is not for our own sake. It's to have community. We can each connect with God, but our relationship with him is cultivated in community. And you know what? That's the case when it comes to hearing God. Although we can communicate with God personally, we discern God's voice communally. We need each other. God will often communicate to us through the counsel of others. There's two Proverbs that I want to show you. Proverbs 15, 22 and Proverbs 12, 15. First one says this. Plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. The way of fools seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice. So when we come together as a community, we are able to discern God's voice better together. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 26. When you come together, each of you has a hymn or a word or instruction, a revelation, a tongue or an interpretation. Everything must be done so that the church may be built up. The church is built up together, not with lone rangers, together. And one of us, you know, when we gather together, we may receive something from God. You know, it's interesting, just this past Wednesday we were praying and um, we're just having a time of listening and um, someone from the group mentioned this one verse. Um, I think, again, something to do with fear. Uh, God has not given us a spirit of fear, power, love, and a sound mind. I think it was that verse. And uh, at that moment, there were two other people that had the exact same verse in their minds. Exact same verse. And it was like, whoa, that was confirmation for this situation we were praying into. And so that's amazing when we see that. When we come together and God gives a word to three different people at the same time. And, and, and when, that, when that happens, it builds our community. It builds our faith in him. We discern God's voice together and we ex- encounter his presence together. You know, it's so cool when that happens. We discern God's voice in community. Now, there's a story I want to share with you. Actually, some of you, perhaps most of you may know this story. Um, two and a half, three years ago, I would say three years ago, um, I was in a situation, my family was in a situation, unemployed, looking for work, where to go. And um, it's not comfortable being unemployed, let me tell you. It's, it's not, you know. At first, when I got laid off, I thought, yeah, I could sleep in. But uh, two days later, <laughs> maybe a day later, I'm like, you know, pulling my hair. It's like, this is crazy. What's going on? I'm like, Lord, what do you want us to do? And I knew the Lord was calling me to ministry. Well, uh, there was a church out in Edmonton, Alberta, that wanted me to come. And man, did they ever give us, give, give, uh, us a, a golden offer, you know. We'll fly you out here, moving costs, everything we'll pay. Come on out, we want you to pastor our English ministry. Um, we'll pay for your seminary education. And 50% of your time will be dedicated towards your school. 50% for ministry. My jaw dropped, eyeballs big, and thought, this is God. Of course it's God. Why wouldn't it be God? This is amazing. God's providing. Here I am, unemployed. God's providing. A church position. Paying full tuition for school. It's so expensive to go to school. Full tuition paid. 
and 50% of my time for work is school, I thought that I've never heard of anything like this. Surely God is directing us to go. But my wife said, I just don't feel like I want to go. And I'm like, what? But God is saying, Ali, God is saying for us to go. This is clear. Look at the signs. We flew out to Edmonton. I spoke a four-day, three-day conference there. And again, they were like, we want you to pastor our church. Come. And God moved. It was, it was great to see. And I thought, yeah. I mean, it's freezing in Edmonton. I didn't really like that part of Edmonton. But that's the only thing. You know, and the people kept saying, oh, don't worry. We've got the Chinooks. Once in a while, it'll go from minus 40 to 9. I'm like, okay, well, that's not bad, I guess. Right? So I, I ignored that part. I said, God is calling us to Edmonton. Seriously. But it wasn't clear. Um, Allie and I were not seeing eye to eye. There was another church in town, not Trinity, another one, uh, that offered me a youth pastor position. And I thought, okay, well, that's a little bit, it's closer to home. Maybe, God, could you be calling us to this? Um, And actually, at that time, Trinity was out of our radar. I I didn't think that God would call us here. Um, And so I I was ready to make that decision. Okay, God spoke, going to Trinity. Um, But as I prayed with others here at Trinity, um, uh, one of my friends said, you know, I think you should wait. Actually, I don't think you should go to Edmonton. I think you should wait. And man, that was hard to hear. To be honest with you, that was hard to hear. Not that I didn't want to be here at Trinity. I actually didn't think I could become the pastor here. Didn't think I had a chance. But um, yeah, he told me to wait. One of my friends told me to wait. I thought, okay. And you know what? That's the best decision I made. Because I'm here. God opened the door. And I thought God was leading this way. I could have lone rangered it and gone to Edmonton. But that wasn't God's will. And he, instead he spoke uh, through the counsel of others. Um, and what a way to answer our prayers. I mean, I love it here. Um, I've just seen God do some amazing things among us here. And uh, I can't wait to see what God's going to do uh, in, the, in the coming days and weeks and months here at Trinity. You know, discerning God's voice is not for lone rangers. We need to discern God's voice in community. And so, three things, three misconceptions. God only speaks to us when we read his word. Now, he absolutely does speak to us when we read his word. But that revelation that I had, just like, you know, um, what was spoken to me to not go to Edmonton and stay here, that was a revelation that I got outside of his word. God did speak, and I'm really glad he did. I'd be in minus 40 Edmonton right now, and that's not a good idea right now, even though it's minus 30 here probably, right? Anyway, um, misconception number two, that God, you know, is there to tell you everything, and so we just have to wait and, you know, wait for him to speak. That's a misconception. You know, God has given us uh, minds to be able to rationalize and to make sound decisions according to what his word says. And so, you know, I'm excited for what God is going to do. I'm excited for what... uh, how he's going to lead us in the coming days. Now, I will mention briefly uh, the journals that we have here. This is one of the things, one of the practices that I have. Uh, I don't journal often, but there are times when I do. Um, Definitely that thing that 
you know, that happened for me not to go to Edmonton and stay in Trinity, I wrote that down. I was like, you know, wrote the, what the person said, you know, wait. And I wrote those things down. And then now when I look back, I'm like, okay. You know, God spoke to me. I thought he was saying this, but he actually said the opposite thing. And, and I wrote that down. I was able to realize, ah, so God doesn't always speak, you know, the way I thought he, he does. Sometimes I need to listen to others and, and talk with others. And so journaling helps uh, remind me of how God leads and guides me. And so I want to encourage you um, this week, um, as you are taking some time in your devotions, uh, perhaps you're going to be, you know, reading a, a passage of scripture. And just like one verse maybe might pop out at you, write that down. And write down what it is that you're sensing in your spirit. What, what you sense God is saying to you, right, through that. And so just want to encourage us um, on our journey to disco- discovering uh, how to have conversations with God. And I believe that he's going to lead us into uh, just a time of great revival here at Trinity. So let's pray. Father, we just, uh, once again, we thank you for being with us and that you are a God that communicates with us. And in some ways, uh, in that still small voice that just uh, shatters the fear and anxiety that clouds our thinking, your word has that effect in our lives. And God, I just pray that you would speak to each and every one of us somehow throughout our week this week, whether it be through your word, through our devotional time, whether it be on our way to work, whether it be um, before we go to bed, when we wake up. Father, I pray that you would uh, just reveal more of your love and who you are and who we are in you to us this week. I ask this in the name of your Son, the name that is above every name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful week.